Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. 
Talk Radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshaies is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshaies has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshaies. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to...
it, so I must stay classic. Gotta keep it hot, keep it together if I want to get better. The host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Guys, you know, I there was so much uh, that I sent to you today, and I was really unsure where or what direction I was going to go in related to today's conversation. But I really hope that what I have in my mind and what I have planned really is going to spark a conversation. Uh, just from something truly basic, and I hope that it goes to something um, really outstanding. And, you know, one of the things I, I constantly say all the time is um, I am a believer, and it is no big thing that I've become a believer because for me, believing is really simple. You know, when you evaluate things, you know, God has given me a, a mathematical mind. And I try to think of things in a very logical sense. And some of the most amazing things to me in the world are the things that don't make logical sense. And when something doesn't make logical sense, then I have a tendency to believe that it can only be God. You know, when things are simple and like one plus one is two and, you know, two and two is four and five plus five is ten, when I got taught those, I just believed in the number system. My teacher told me that that's what the number system meant. And that, you know, as long as I did the rules that she gave me, 
stuff made sense. But the real miracles in life don't make sense. You know, there are things that we are accustomed to and we believe in and we understand, but they don't make any sense to us. You know, it's hard for me to understand or figure out why we have so much tragedy in our world. Why do we have so many people unable to get along? And then you can see the strangest of things in nature, where you can see a cat and a dog who are two different species who can get along. Or you can see two animals that are not supposed to have anything in common, but they have a love and a nurturing for each other. And despite the fact that we're humans and we are supposed to be uh, the only animals that have a understanding of the world outside of our nature, most animals are controlled by their nature and they just do what their nature has told them to do. But human beings are supposed to be able to think outside of their nature and have an understanding of the world. Well, my understanding of the world is is that it has to be God because there's too many things that just don't work. We know that all animals have to come together as one in order to create other animals. And yet we see a situation where a lot of animals just don't come together in a simple manner. And it leads you to believe that God had had a understanding of life that is so much different than ours. And he had a reason for everything. And even though it looks like it would be difficult for an, a certain animals to appropriate, that they can with ease and it doesn't take a lot. And then the simple but outstanding way that he made human beings just shows that he is so into detail. And it's just crazy. So I just want us to just kind of think about the world and how it exists, how we are a part of it, but yet we can't seem to understand and master the love of humanity. And when you see animals able to do it and you wonder why in the world can they do it and they don't have anything to rely on other than their nature, but yet we as human beings haven't found the key to it. And just to give you an understanding, I want us to have a long conversation about it, but when you see things like when I talk about the complexity of things and how animals are able to do whatever it is that they need to do. You look at a two huge giant turtles. And you wonder how in the world can two huge giant turtles who have shells they can't remove are able to come together and make more turtles. And you see that over and over again with a lot of different animals throughout the world. You look at giraffes and elephants and 
all kind of amazing animals who have issues with their height, issues with their size, and all kind of other things. But because God made them, they're able to do whatever it is that they need to do in order to appropriate. And they get along and and are able to survive because of the different things and skills that he's given them. And yet the humans who are supposed to have the ability to think prey on uh, each other in ways that are truly unbelievable. So Cheryl, I come to you today, you know, knowing that we have a love for humanity and a desire to do what's right. But somehow or another, we, as we enter this new year, we're amazed about how some people still don't believe that there is a God and that all the things that are out there that show his magnificence, they still question his existence. What, what what are your thoughts about how people even now continue to question God and his existence and see the kinds of magnificent things that animals are able to do because of their love and compassion for each other that human beings still are preying on each other and on on the animals? Good evening, and how is everyone doing this evening? Um, you know, some people who don't believe in God take the approach in a scientific way. They believe that everything has to be proved, proven and that things could not just happen. They have to have a theory Proof, all of those things that go along with scientific approach of why things are happening. You know, even when they see the doctors doing their work, and many doctors have said that this was nothing but a miracle. But some people believe that it was the doing of the doctors alone or, you know, in the way that they approach. And a lot of people think, you know, the Big Bang Theory that, you know, everything just exists or an explosion one day. Now, why do they believe that? I have no idea. But, you know, we look at the miracles of God and the blessings of him every day. You know, and the first thing is, is when we get up in the morning and we breathe. And some people just don't think. They don't even think about it at all. They just existing out here. They're not living They're not going outside and breathing the air and taking it in and realizing that this is all God's doing. You know, I say many a times that I am a living miracle. 
because I really could have been dead right now. And it was no scientific approach that was taken. I knew that his hands was on my life. But some people who don't even give themselves the chance to want to get to know him or want to get to know the word would rather believe that it had to happen in a way of just only man's doing. So I think that's the reason, you know, that's how we have different um, thinking. They won't let themselves think that way. They think that everything has to be proven, and it's scientific. D, it's amazing to me that Cheryl uh, stumbled on one of the things I wanted to just talk about. When we talk about simplicity, and, you know, as complex as the human body is, there are times when just simple, simple things cause it distress. And when she talks about breathing, we breathe with such ease. And, you know, every breath has value because it does something to keep us going. But we don't think about how easy it is to stop breathing. You know, how you can stop your breathing by just uh, eating and not eating too fast or putting too big a piece of meat in your throat or how he's uh, created coughing as a way of clearing your throat to keep you breathing. And, and, and so when we, when talk, Cheryl talks about added that to the table, there's so many simple things that can destroy this complex body that he gave us. It's hard to understand that people who people who don't understand that there is a God, it has to be because with complexity, he gives you such simple things that, that can knock everything off kilter. What, what, what is your thoughts about life and its complexity and its, its simplicity as well? Well, good evening, everybody. And uh, James, uh, a super topic, uh, super topic, and so much so, I seem to think it's going to be hard to cram it all, cram it all in one night. Because, um, you know, I think what I want to tackle first is the simplicity and the complexity of life. And before I dabble into one's personal belief. Um, let me say this in some generalization. I think the simplicity and the complexity of life all has to do with the the, the forbidden fruit on the tree of life that God uh, forbid Adam and Eve to partake in. Because when you talk about that simplicity and how all of God's creation is supposed to get along. That's the that's the that's the simplicity. But when you bite into the fruit of complication, and if, and and the fruit of wanting to know more about what it is that makes it all work, then that's where the complexity comes into play. <laughs> 
uh, part of that complexity, you got to, uh, you got to, uh, if that if that is the root of the forbidden uh, mentality, then the subgroups will be greed, lust, envy, and all the other things. Um, when it comes down to just worshiping Yahweh or where it is that you come from, that's the simplicity. So, you know, when it comes down to, now for me, when it comes down the the dereliction of duty that the, that the church seemed to have fallen into, it is the actual. Now this is just for me, and I, I'm going to say that because I don't want to offend nobody's way of thinking. But for me, there's a dereliction of duty when it comes down to the clergy because they seem to be too distracted than to stay on task to help people understand the supposed simplicity of life. Like, for instance, my life used to be in turmoil. Didn't know which way was going to be for me. Did not know what my tomorrow was going to look like. But now today, I'm as happy as I ever was and know how to be happy. I've learned, as a learned behavior, how to be happy. In contrast, put that statement I just gave you to a devout believer, supposedly, that goes to truck that goes to church on Sunday and then by Wednesday they have lost their way. So uh again, this subject matter has a lot to do with the fundamentals that we have to get back to. Uh because now I'm gonna say this briefly and I know that you need to move on. You know, when we look at today's issue and the way things are today, and we want to have faith of a brighter outcome, and that's all well and good. But, you know, I believe that the brighter outcome is the, is the outcome that you, through God's grace and through God's help, made for yourself. Because if you were looking for a brighter outcome of, among all of human beings on this planet, they don't know how to tap into that. So the only outcome that can save everybody is the second coming of Christ. And then even then, some some going to be left behind. So it's a lot to deal with, it's, and it's, it's a lot to itself in order to deal with it. And so I, I want to rest right there, James. Thank you. Uh, Kathy, I am so glad that you're here because I really believe this is a topic that is up your alley. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And basically because you have a sense of of what life is all about and and your faith. And I just find it so odd that I can have this show and have people who genuinely care and love each other who may not have ever seen each other. And yet we deal with a world where people who are born to the same family can 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 do the most dastardly things to one another. And so it, it is difficult to understand how it is that we struggle to know God when it's so easily seen the love he allows to to pass through us 
And so uh, I'm just, you know, we're talking about life and its complexity, how animals seem to, to be able to, to feel a void uh, through different species, but human beings struggle to have the humanity of, of animals when we're supposed to be the smarter group. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, wow, listening to Cheryl and listening to Dee, I mean, Dee brought up some very good uh, points. And even as he talked about his life as an example and how uh, he see it to be and how the transformation happened with him. And that's how it should be with each and every one of us because, you know, the Bible talks about us being born into sin. So what we're actually talking about is sin. People having a prideful spirit where they don't want it to be about somebody else, but always wanting it to be about them. That's selfishness. You know, some people call it selfishness, but it, it, it actually boils back to sin in the, in the beginning because um, it talks about God creating everything and everybody was to be at peace. But because of sin, then that's why there is a division in people with people, why people don't want to get along with each other and people don't want to humble themselves to allow someone else to have um, the right of way or people um, being selfish uh, about a parking space, uh, being selfish on the, uh, on the road, where, wherever it may be, but it comes back to the point that this is sin. And that's that's all it is is sin, and 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 you have to have a relationship with Christ. And like Dee said, there are a lot of people that go to church on Sunday, and by Wednesday they've lost their way. It's because they they do not have it in their heart. They're going for a feel good moment, and at that moment they're on it. But after that, they've lost their way. But the Bible talks about the seeds being sown on the different grounds. One being sown on good ground, one being sown, sown on, on rocks, and, and the birds came and ate it, ate it away. And that's the way it is with the word. You know, you can be in the moment with the word or with someone giving you a word, but if you don't keep that same mentality, if you don't rehearse those things, those encouraging words, and if you don't talk to yourself and tell yourself that I can be better, I can do better, then you're not going to be better, and you are going to be bitter, and you are going to have uh, um, a lot of um, disillusion in your in your life. But it, it, it's, it comes back to us as an individually. How do I see myself as a human, as a person in this society? How do I want people to perceive me as a person? And that stems with sin. So I have died to myself, and it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives. So every day I'm trying harder and harder to be more like Christ. No, I'm not perfect, and I do make a lot of mistakes. But when I see my faults, I ask for forgiveness, and then if I can fix something, I fix it, and that's what makes the world go round. trying to fix it and making uh, yourself better each and every day. But um... – Kathy, as we live and go through each of our days, we have a focus on what makes us happy 
and we do all we can to obtain the things that make us happy. But the world is so complex, there are times when we fall short of the desires of our heart, but we don't become bitter. Uh, we don't become ugly. So, Cheryl, even though we are struggling uh, to get get it right, even we miss the mark, our hearts keep us from turning ugly about where we find ourselves. But why is it that you have people who are in the best of situations who are just determined uh, to be ugly to the world outside of themselves uh, when they got so much to be happy for? You sit and you look at people who are murdering their spouses, uh, killing their children, and somehow or another there are women out there who would die to have children and would love them forever, but yet you got parents who have them uh, but don't treat them with any respect. And so it, it makes the world so unsure. You see those of us who are believers trying to do the best that we can, accepting the things that are not perfect in ourselves and not receiving all the rewards that we want, but are willing to still thank God for what it is that we have. You know, it sums it up because they don't have the love of Christ in them. Um, If they did, then they would be more compassionate. They would be more loving. They would have the joy that he gives them and not looking for the world to continue to give them these things. So they're chasing after the world. They're not chasing after the ultimate goal is to get to heaven. So when your focus is not on that, when your focus is not love, and see, we have to have, you know, the love of Christ in us. And that's what keeps us treating each other the way that we do. You know, and we can all understand that everything that the next person does, we may not agree with it, and we may not have done it the same way, but because we have that love for one another, we try to understand where they're coming from because it's not all things that we do that the next person understands. And, you know, and I always tell um, individuals, you know, you're not looking at the person. You're looking at the fact that they allow the devil to use them. So it's not really them because a lot of people will allow the devil to use them. And, you know, when we are going through, that means that a lot of times that because we are striving to be like Christ and he's going to have a tendency to mess with us even more so because, you know, you hear a lot of people say, why me, why me, why me? You know, all I try to live right, I try to do this, I try to do that because God is allowing the devil to do these things or either he's trying to teach us a lesson to get us even higher than where we are. But if we could keep focused, and keep that love in our heart, then we're not going to act like the world acts. We're not going to act 
like others act because the word clearly says that we are a peculiar people. So we're going to be different. And when we say, well, why, you know, what makes them think the way they do it? Why would they even, you know, think like that? And don't be surprised because they don't think, because we are the peculiar people. They are still in the world, and we don't want to be like, we want to be able to reach them by the by the love that we show toward each other and the things that we do and the compassion and how we reach out to each other. And Jesus was, you know, came down, um, was on this earth to show us that way. And those are the things that we are trying to perfect every day. We'll never get to where he was, but we steady strive every single day. So that's what makes us different than the ones who, you know, with the road rage and the ones who want to kill it because they don't have their love in their heart. And uh, D, when we see when even when um, Cheryl uses the, this new term "road rage" and how people can take the most unimportant situation and turn it into a dreadful situation. I was looking the other day when a police officer, a sheriff, uh, swerved and stepped on his brake to keep, keep from hitting some animals and then was hit uh, by another individual where the accident itself didn't cause death, but yet when he got out of his car, he hit the sheriff so hard and so viciously that he died. And so you wonder to yourself, why can a man have a love for animals and choose not to run over and kill animals but another human being can be so angry over met, over metal or so in love with metal that he's willing to kill over a car that can be replaced. Well, uh, that's an excellent question, James, uh, going forward. You know, uh, Ms. Cheryl brought up a great point when she spoke about how people allow themselves I think that's a, a a good word to be to let it soak in. They allow themselves to be manipulated by the devil or by negative and and devilish thoughts. Um, I remember when I was in recovery, I met some very interesting people in recovery. Uh, a lot of a lot of which were um, of 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 Christ that had lost their way. But they had the foundations to know what it takes to get back. And in my journey uh, in recovery, I met this one guy, and he actually saved my life by by befriending me and actually um, saying the things that God put in his mouth to say, and I was able to obtain it. One of which was, you know, any time that you know um, – the devil is trying or or Satan is trying to manipulate you. Uh, he would always say that's a lie sent from hell. And, and so uh, one of the other points is that uh, people uh, are too readily uh, acceptable for demonic things and negative things to infiltrate their thoughts. 
um, I think the the author was Marilyn Hickey, I think it was, that had the book, uh, The Battlefield of the Mind. And I never read the book, but I sure, I sure do understand the title. Because the battlefield of the mind is our greatest adversary. And it takes night and day. And for me, this is where faith comes in at. It takes night and day, day in and day out. This is this is my lifelong quest to uh, to have my mind be on Christ. <laughs> Excuse me. That's where the the song come in. Come in at keeping your eye on the sparrow all the time. Because when you let the devil or negative thoughts or those uh, the negative entity to rent space in your head, to rent space in your head. And you and you act upon that. When you when you spoke about uh, how can one man have such love for animals, but then have such hatred for another human being? Miss Cheryl spoke about that also. That's because he cannot adapt to another person' uh, differences in opinion. That's all. How many how many white people do any of you all know? on his phone, has asked your opinion about much of anything. They can't stand the fact that your opinion will be different than theirs. And I'm not, that's not a racist question, and that's the difference. It's not racial. It's, it's almost practicality. It's the world that we live in. And so that being said, how do we deal with the world that we live in? Well, like Ms. Kathy said, it's everyday asking. Please, God, give me the knowledge and the wisdom and the and the strength and the will to try to be to try to be Christ-like every day. I'm not perfect, but I do search for perfection every day, and that's my quest. And I hope they ask you a question, James. Thank you, Kathy. You know that what we're discussing has so much involved in it, you know. But at the same time, it leads me to ask these kinds of questions. I saw on television the other day where a woman had her car totaled uh, because it was hit by a criminal running from the police. And she was barely making it to the point where she was, she had a job. She had three or four kids. She was getting them to school, going to her job. And that vehicle was a very valuable part of their existence. And someone, after hearing her story, came and gave her a vehicle because they had two of them. But at the first, the, the, it, you know, when we see that kind of love for human beings and love for humanity, or that kind of that display of humanity, we turn right around and see people dropping boulders from the highway onto cars uh, by young children and wondering why would a young child, an innocent child, get the mindset to want to throw something over a highway when he knows what the results may possibly be, but yet you have people who are willing to give away valuable items to strangers in their time of need. Because you're dealing with two two sets of people here, 
And um, the the name um, that book is by Joyce Myers. I have that Battlefield of the Mind, excellent book. But James, you're dealing with two sets of people here. You're dealing with uh, an evil person, and you're dealing with a good person. You know how they say there's good and there's evil. Because the heart of that person who gave that car over was a person that that knows what the um, knows what um, living in this world is really all about. It's not about me, but it's about everybody else, whoever I can touch. That's why they were able to release that car into the hands of that other lady. You know, um, in the Bible, um, in the New Testament, it talks about, in Philippians, it talks about how the believers would come together and there would never be a need. So if, if my neighbor was in need of something and I had it, I am supposed to give it to them. And that's what this lady did. She took care of the need of that person, which is what we're supposed to do. And that's why when... Um, People hear all over the world tragic things, and they do a GoFundMe page. It touches those people's hearts. That's when they begin to give. And then on the other end, this person who uh, was doing these acts, they have a hardened heart. That means they don't feel anything. They can get up every day and do an evil deed because of their heart. Their heart is hard, and they don't feel anything, and that's sin. That's actually what you call sin, evil, the devil, the enemy, everything that he can do to distract people, to make people um, go into their house and not come out. That's evil, that's sin. But the devil is a liar. Like Dee said, that his friend would give him a word of encouragement to let him know that that's the enemy and that the enemy does not have authority over you or over your circumstances, and that's why we have a voice and we have to speak into other people's life. We got to let people know that they can make it regardless of their circumstances, and that's why we have to share our testimony as Cheryl was sharing her testimony because there's somebody that needs to hear that because they're going through where she was. They need to hear that I can make it. I, I I can I can actually make it because that person went through that. So that's good and evil. That's sin and, and, and good. Those are the two differences, and that's why that particular act has happened. Uh, Regina, as we, we find ourselves in this turmoil, uh, going through a world that seemingly is divided by race, uh, divided by gender, uh, finding it impossible even to interact with each other in any meaningful way without some ugliness coming out about it. How do we as believers continue to, to work toward the mark that we've set for ourselves, realizing there's still so much work left to be done and the journey that we're doing, you know, we, uh, we talked about before you came on how we have come to love each other, even though we don't even see each other, but then there are people who see each other every day who are part of families uh, that can't get along. Uh, so how, how do we get through these journeys successfully? Well, 
Mm, good evening. Um, long time I've missed you guys, and I believe that um, someone, some somebody. I don't know if you all have seen my Facebook page from last night, but what happened in my life last night it exhibits how we, how I personally. And taking charge of what's going on in my life to close the gaps, either the family gaps or the racial divides. We had such a family gap that um, it was brought together closer by the death of my 105-year-old aunt during the holiday season. Well, one of my friends posted on Facebook that, we can have all of these friends on Facebook, and then when we go to the hospital, you only have your immediate family there praying for you. So we've got to start thinking what's important in our lives, Facebook friends for our families. That really touched me. So I became intentional, intentional about making sure that I... um was the glue for my family. So last night, yesterday, I intentionally canceled everything and asked my sister to go with me and spend the day with me. And we had a ball. And we ended it last night during karaoke. Now, the karaoke bar we went to, that was intentional also. The owner is Christopher Manus, um, young white guy, who is one of the um, leaders here in Columbia in the Black Lives Matter movement. That was intentional for me to put ourselves, my African-American family, in this bar um, eating establishment to join the people there. Y'all, we had the time of our lives. It was such a healing moment. So I'm saying all of that to say we've got to be intentional about what we do and how we do it to make sure things are done, are done, and we get the outcome and the results that we are are seeking. Well, you know, when you talk about the outcome, so many of us want to live in peace. Uh, we want to genuinely show uh, love and consideration for each other. Uh, I can tell you that my joy and love for Kathy and her family, um, my joy and appreciation for Dee and Cheryl and you, Regina, I mean, we... You know, I, when I meet good people, I just refuse to let them go. Uh, you know, I just have a desire to get all I can from everybody who enters my life, knowing that I need those people. You know, there's some extremely lonely moments uh, in in my existence, but I am made whole when I meet people from all different areas that who 
who have the same kind of love and joy for life that I do. I want to live a long, long time. I have no idea if I will or not, but I want to. And part of that is because I have become, I, I've become in, uh, comfortable with the way I live life and how I interact with life and the joy and happiness that it brings me. But at the same time, Cheryl, I'm able to see the ugliness and evil that exists in our world and how people are able to do the most harshest things to each other. And the fact that we have to incarcerate millions of people in order to keep other people safe is just difficult to understand. And, you know, we probably will never understand. And the long life that you plan to live, um, you're going to encounter that more and more every day. You know, as much as we would like it to go away, it just won't because we don't have control over those people, but we do have control over our own lives. And, you know, as so many times as we say it here about how we can make a difference within our family, within our community, and, you know, just like you were saying about the people that come into your life, and I know, you know, I have not met any of y'all personally, but have really grown to love each and every one of you all. Um, and my thing is, is that, you know, that's because you are my sisters and brothers in Christ. And that's how we should all be. But we're not going to find everybody like that. And that's the reason why we have to show ourselves friendly. We have to be that example so that we can reach somebody, anybody, and then we may be able to change the heart of somebody when they watch us or when they interact with us and knowing, you know, that it can, you know, like say for instance, sometimes when we talk about if you be with a person long enough, then you start to act like them. Well, we want someone who is not acting like us to begin to act like us. We don't want for that person to draw us the opposite way. And we can do it because, and I'm pretty sure in the lives of everybody here, you know, somebody is watching you. They are watching the things that you do. They're watching the way that you carry yourself. They're watching the way that you interact with other people. And they're taking notes. And sometimes they go home and they may talk about you and say, you know, I want to be like that. I don't understand, you know, why I act the way I do. But I really want to be like so-and-so. And that's a good thing. So, I mean, what we have, we can be and continue to be the example that we can draw people in. And we can be able to change lives knowingly and unknowingly. Uh, Dee, let me ask you, you know, because um, 
you know, you sit and you've shared with us so often how you've gone through so many different things, but you also know that all of us are just one step away from doing, uh, being involved in some tragic tragedy as well. But let me just ask you, how how is it that as fragile as life is, there have always been those resources available to get us to where you are now. And that there's never a need to give up, even when we see the ugliest of people doing the ugliest of things, there's a way for that person to turn his life around. Well, um, I want to say what, I want to piggyback on what Miss um, Regina said. And, um, you know, we have to live life now intentionally. And that is the most profound thing. That's that's the that's the whole secret of everything, if I may be allowed to say so. And 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 then in saying that I gotta say for me. It's to live life intentionally the way that I think God intended my life to be. James, when you said that I that you hope to live to, to live a long life, you will if you live it intentionally for that to be the result or the, 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 the outcome of your life. Um, you know, it is very important that uh, we understand, and, and, I, and I, had, I want to say this before I forget, Ms. Cheryl mentioned that um, everybody's not going to be like us. And that's good. And also what's good, y'all hear me now, because it's going to freak you out a little bit. Also what's good is the times that we're living in, even the Donald Trump era, in the the broad spectrum of things, because that gives us a playing field on showing how and showing other people how you're supposed to get through this. And so... And how do we get through it? We get through it on the individual basis first by showing up and showing that showing other people that we can by example. Not giving in to every little nick and cranny of negativity that shows up. You know, when it comes down to um giving in to the the uh the evil uh, uh the evil thoughts that come into uh, to our lives Look, let me say this first, and I and I I'm going to say this not to offend anybody, but this is a, this is the whole point. When people believe in true spiritual spiritual greatness, we believe in Jesus Christ and the love of God, and that. But when people also believe in voodoo, they're giving the devil too much credit. Understand that. When people give in to negative thought. And act on and act out on negative thoughts. Thinking the devil too much credit. There is no room in my life for his shenanigans. Now I can say that now, because we all know at another time in my life I gave in to everything, but through the grace of God, He saved me from that. And why? Certainly, it was not for me to keep my mouth closed about it. And so going forward, now I can live by example. 
look, people, persons closest to me, and I mean closest to me, and you can put in, you can fill in that blank either any kind of way you want to, have not arrived to where I am, and that's okay. In fact, they still bicker with their family. They uh, still have uh, uh, uneasiness with, with one another. And it's through my example that they at least have some hope that there is a plateau somewhere that they can come to uh, a place where they can calm down and find a natural love for one another. Now, that's that's the that's the world that I live in on, on a day to day basis, and not to not to exemplify on that too much. I just want to say that I kind of enjoy the challenge in that. Um, I think that God will not take me from this earth, uh, from this world, until I have made a good impression on those that are closest to me, to where they can continue the legacy of love and a better understanding on, on what life really is all about. And it has nothing to do with the negativity. You know, um, the the commercial that um, Bank of America used to have, uh, paying it forward. Paying it forward is the way. And and don't and don't ask for any recognition for doing so. Just do it. And, and that works for me. And I'm sorry to take up so much time. Thank you. It's so important that we recognize or be able to see the humanity in ourselves and be able to pass that on to others. Uh, Kathy, what, what, how do we make sure people understand the value of the humanity that we have in our spirit? Um, James, um, I just uh, can assume living, uh, being a here of being a doer of the word and not only a hear. So living as an example, you know, if if you say something, then be what you say you are, you know, if, if that's the only thing I can say. And, and I'm sure that people will gravitate to you because they know that your word is your bond. And um, like Miss Regina said, and I heard her singing, Last night, so she probably should sing something when before we go off of the air today, James. Um, about family, it's about family. You have all these friends on Facebook, but in the end, like you said, when it comes down to it, when you're in the hospital or whatever, the the people that are mostly there are your family. You know, your your family members. Those, well, I mean. Some of your Facebook friends are there or family members are there, but most of all, it's it's going to be family that's going to stand beside you, behind you, in front of you, and pray with you, those that do pray. Well, it is is important that we we do all we can to, to find, you know, this is a part of the overall journey that we're talking about, because we're we're dealing with the secular world at the same time that we're trying to define a new truth in our, our existence as individuals in our beliefs. And so Regina, when we, as we try to walk both sides, because we can't give up the secular world uh, because we have to play a role in the secular world because it would go crazy if believers weren't 
there to, to play a part in it. Uh, but what 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 are your thoughts in terms of being able to, to balance the the secular with our beliefs as, as believers? Regina, are you there? Yes, I'm sorry, I didn't hear a question. I'm saying, how do we balance our journey as believers when we have to play a role in the select in the secular world because of all the craziness that is going on in in our select in our in our society right now? You know that is that is really a hard task to do, and as I am am moving forward in in my journey that I find myself on now, I ask myself that same question, Jane. Um, And then the answer is given to me that I've got to always be in prayer. I've got to always be in the mode of studying and studying and thinking what does the word of God say in regards to certain um, situations. I've got to always think faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I've got to always that love covers a multitude of sins. I've got to always believe that that um, as things come into my life, that um, even when, when Job was tried, God, the devil didn't say, give me Job. God said, have you tried my servant Job? So I put myself in that. Have you tried my servant Regina? So then how will I handle all of these things that come towards me with my family, with my job, with other people tugging at me? How do I handle those things? Um, this evening... I got a call from, well, not a call, but a text, and one of my former students was drugged, threw out of a car, thrown out of a car at a, um, at a service station, and she's now in a mental facility. Her mom was in tears. But a few years ago, have you tried my servant Regina? I was in those not that to that extent, but I was in situations where I had to always be on defense for my child or be there for my child. So God took me through those things. I had to go through those things in order to have a testimony to help this mother go through her test now. So you have to always, that's how you balance the secular things that are going on and your faith life. Let your faith life lead you so that you will have answers for these things that are happening in the secular world. Uh, you know, it is it is just so important. You know, I, like Dee has said, looks like this is something we're going to have to go over over again because all of us are engaged in the secular world and want to have our purpose in the secular world as well as our need to make our beliefs um, known as believers. So, Cheryl, 
we we have to be committed to both sides, right? Right, but we have to know how far to cross on the other side and to where to draw boundaries, um, some things that, you know, we won't engage in. Um, no matter what we are doing, we won't, you know, well, you know, say for instance in our jobs um, uh, or just our everyday walk, we have to have boundaries and we have to um, have limitations. Um, I want to, I want to say that I heard, and, and, and James, tell me if I'm correct. Um, did Regina say she had a loss in the family? Uh, she did. Okay. I just want to say that I'm sorry for your loss. I didn't know um, and that I am praying for you and your family um, because I don't want it to go, you know, unspoken and I did not know and did not have the opportunity to tell you that I'm sending my condolences to you and your family. But, yeah, we have to have boundaries. We have to, have, you know, and I do certain things I will not do. And I'm pretty sure that's what, you know, all of us being in the um, secular world, things that we will not do. So boundaries, is, you know, would be what I would think. Well, it is it is just important for us to know that we have a role to play in the world as well as we have a role to play in trying to uh, get people to understand the importance and value of loving one another. So, D, we uh, can't give up either one of those uh, options or either one of those points is that we play a role in the sexy, secular world as well as we do in the world uh, as believers. Yeah, James, and that is the that's that's the imbalance. Uh, let's call them call it for what it is. That's the imbalance. That's that's those are the two parallels that we live in this world. Um, fortunately, and hopefully, there'll be enough of us that will come to some sense about it. You know. Uh, as you was as you were opening the conversation, you spoke about uh logic and mathematical logic and um you know um, i I'm a person like that too it, it it has to make sense in order for it to make sense and then if it don't make sense then that there's an imbalance there somewhere and then the the, the sum of it all is gonna be is what it is. For, for every action, there's a reaction. And so um, my understanding is we have to accept what it is where we are, knowing that we can't change any of y'all, really. We can't change any of you all. Only, the only change that is, is, that is readily available is the change that I make within myself. In that, maybe in the long run, for every action, there's a reaction. Maybe in the long run, someone will recognize the goodness and the grace and the favor that God has bestowed upon me and want some of that for themselves. 
And and if that be the outcome, then that's a great day. But you know, like everybody else know, uh, everybody got an opinion. And and have you ever, if if any of you have ever tried to change somebody else's opinion, you know that's an uphill battle. So the only thing that I can change it with and have some success in it is to change the way I see things and change the way my perception um, see life as it is in general. Thank you. Well, as I look at what, you know, we constantly ask ourselves, are we our brother's keeper? And B, when you have come so, uh, I guess, so far in terms of your life and how you enjoy life now, how you feel so removed from the life you led, it tells us, Kathy, that we, if we cannot have the love of Christ or the love of a of a believer and the existence of a believer if we're not willing to share it because how can you have something that is so valuable and then not want to give it to someone else who finds themselves struggling? Well, salvation is free. So, I mean, we can give that out to people all day long. And peace is free, too, if if the person wants it. It, it doesn't cost anything to uh, receive Christ as your personal Savior and to um, partake in the peace that he has. And I hear that in Regina's voice. I hear the peace of the Lord upon her. I, I hear it when she speaks. I, I hear it in her tone and everything that that she has received that peace. You know, Dee, Dee talked about the peace when he talked about um, being in rehab and how he is now. I mean, that's something that's free, and it's free to everybody, but they have to want to have it. You know, so, I mean, you you can go and buy somebody a car, a house. You can give them money to where they're a billionaire, but if they don't have that peace, they still don't have anything. You may have all the money in the world, but if you don't have that peace, it's just like you have money but no peace. So you're still fighting against yourself. Yes, Lord. And uh, Regina, it is. It just it, does seem, Regina. I do have to tell you, there does seem to be a difference. Uh, there was a period where there seemed to be a struggle uh, for you to answer any of the questions related to uh, your belief, and now you seem to be at a better place. Well. I, I can promise you, it, it was definitely, um, you, you have to go, well, I had to go through so much. I had to go through so much until it was as if I was just lying on the ground and just saying, Lord, I yield. I yield. All of these worldly things. None of this has given me the peace. Then he had to show me that that peace comes only through him. And I was almost homeless and nobody but God. 
when my child was sneaking out the house and in trap houses, and I still really don't know what a trap house is, but, you know, bullets flying around her head, and I'm finding out about it later. Nobody but God. Nobody. My family torn up on both sides. Virginia pulling at me. South Carolina pulling at me. Nobody but God. Friends, people who I thought could help me. He had to show me. It wasn't that they didn't want to, but he wasn't letting them. Because I needed to depend on him. And it wasn't until that morning, August 17th, 2017, Lake Murray, South Carolina, that I gave everything over to him. And y'all, the peace, and if someone said, now, it is not bragging, but I actually have people coming to my office asking me about this type of peace or telling me there's a difference or asking me about things. And I just have to leave them to God because that's who gave it to me. Not man, not the mayor who I know we were raised up together, not folk I know across the country, but it was God who I've had all along right here. But I never honestly, honestly sought him. Not honestly. So that that's where it is, and I just pray that I keep learning and I keep drawing people and that he keeps blessing me to be a blessing. Well, you know that as I listen to you, Regina, and I think about the world, Cheryl, it makes me, I I love to hear the people I care about finding their way. But it seems like um, as a society, we have lost our way. Uh, when Dee talks about uh, the Ellen Jettigals, I don't know why I have such a tough time with the <laughs> not believing the same thing we believe, and angelicals or well, y'all gonna have to help me learn that word. Oh, evangelicals. Angelicals who supported Donald oh. Trump. Certainly, it is bizarre that they can support someone who is so far removed from what Christianity really means. Well, you know. This time during um, his election time and his campaign gave us a, the opportunity to see exactly who people were, not who they say they were, but who they really were, because we can't go by what we say. Our action speaks louder than anything. It speaks volumes. So, you know, we keep saying what happened to those Christians, but I want to ask myself, were they truly Christian? Because they would not have turned their back on God. 
you know, and all of the talk and all of the things that were said during the campaign time, and even up until now, you know, we don't find that Christians talk and act and do the things that was done and is still being done. So that word is thrown around very loosely. And to me, is that who you, the, your actions, you don't have to say you're a Christian. Your actions would definitely tell who you are. If D is truly not Christian, for the leader of the free world to talk about all the Haitians that come to our country have AIDS, or that the Mexicans can come to our country are thieves and robbers and murderers, and to talk about the the people from the Middle East being thugs and you know I mean what kind of Christian belief is that, and how do we how does a segment of our society support that who swear that they they have the values of Christianity. Is that meant for me, James? Yes. Okay, great. Look, uh well let me start by saying that uh we should all be appreciative that we know the gospel when it says that God is the same today, yesterday and forever. Because even in 2017 and 2018, um, these evangelical Christians going to have to deal with that themselves. Because they exposed themselves by fronting. Now, not all of them, because I've, I've, I've heard on the radio where some of the older ladies the, the moms, the grandmoms of the uh, of that faith, evangelical, and they even call themselves uh, Judeo Christians. Um, and I don't have a definition for any of that, so excuse me. But they they've been holding these evangelicals that have the access to the radio towers that broadcast um, through. Uh, through uh, syndicated uh, broadcasting, which means they are, they are heard all over the, all over the country, and they are abusing that that medium to further their agenda in the mix with uh, Christianity, uh, which is probably a sin in itself. But uh, that that being what it is, they're gonna have to deal with that. And so your question to me is, uh, how are we supposed to deal with it? How how we're we supposed to deal with it? We deal with it on an individual basis. We come to a point where we have to do this. We have to let God be God and let God do what he do, no matter what that is. Whatever whatever God's plan is in the broader spectrum of things, I have to learn to be all right with that. Do I anticipate a greater uh, or a positive outcome? Well, maybe I do. Well, how do I know that's God's plan? It's kind of hard to imagine for me, James, and this is just for me. It's kind of hard to imagine that without 
privacy provide, uh, um, coming into fruition, without the, without the privacy being fulfilled, how can humanity that you spoke about in the initial opening of your show, how can humanity possibly right itself? I can't see it happening. There's too many that don't know how to do it. There's too many not knowing how to even stay the course like Miss Virginia is doing. And she and she and she says that it's a struggle at times. My conviction is and my advice is look at it like Sodom and Gomorrah. When you're on your way out, keep going out. Don't look back. Don't look back to even entertain what it was like or what it must be like with, with, with me not being a part of it. Keep going forward. Keep our eye on the spiral, on the sparrow, and let God be God. Cause God gonna do what He do. I am convinced of that, and I'm and I'm comfortable with that. It's never my way. My way is always gonna be where God let things come out to be the good, good, and that, and and this, that, and the other. So that may not be His plan. Whatever His plan is, day by day, one day at a time, and even sometimes five minutes at a time, I learn to be all right with that. Thank you, James. Well, let me just ask you, D, uh, as a follow-up question. Now, um, the school that, the college that Donald Trump went to that gave him all that support, um, and <clears throat> help me, what, what, what college, you know, that's a, one of the mainstays of the these Christian colleges that he went to and he gave, who supported him so much at one time did not agree with interracial marriage. But here again, they support a man who brings such division to the table. How can they say they moved on if they they are still following um, the lifestyles or the word or the, the uh, instructions of uh, someone who seems to have difficulty uh, with doing, you know, sharing his racist beliefs. Well, my interpretation of that, James, is that they can't separate uh, conservatism and bigotry. Um, they they call themselves conservative Christians um, when it comes down to uh, uh, abortion or, or, should I say, uh, the rights of a woman when it comes down to to birthing a child, um, and and other issues. Uh, so they call themselves conservatives, but in that in that uh, in that belief, there's a lot of bigotry, and uh, they really can't separate themselves from that. Um, and so it's 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 a strange uh, phenomenon, I suppose you make them call call that because um, it seems like they can't get out of their own way of their upbringing. And, um, and so that is something that we're going to have to uh, let play out uh, quite naturally. They don't bow to anybody else's opinion. That's pretty obvious. So um, one day at a time, we're going to have to learn how to wait on God to iron this thing out because um, they're not going to listen to anything we say. And, uh, and evident of that is the the election itself. Thank you, James. 
Uh, Kathy, when you and I recognize as people of color how we are really accepting and willing uh, to put other people, race, other races in charge of our religious beliefs, how we're willing to accept and rationalize that we can be led by the white clergy, how do we deal with the fact that there's still people who call themselves Christians who seemingly make decisions that are uh, diametrically opposed uh, to sharing America with everybody? You said a lot, James, so I'm... I'm, um, you got to repeat that in in pieces. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, I say that because I know you go to a mixed church, and I know that you are fed by this mixed church, and this mixed church is the best for you. But at the same time that you found a place at your mixed church and and has accepted the leadership of your right white pastor, you have to know that there are other uh, religious leaders who seemingly don't have the openness to really accept people of color. They still want to go back in time and do things like they did in the past. Okay. Um, my pastor, Pastor Steve Mays, he passed. Now, he was a, a, a Caucasian man, but he passed. We are now under the leadership of an African American pastor. Uh, so, but to your point, um, I'm not looking. We're not looking at the man. We're looking at what the man is teaching us, and we're not just standing on what the man is teaching us. We're going back and rereading it for ourselves. So the word of God says that we too must study to show ourselves approved because there are so many false prophets out there, people feeding information to people and them taking that information and running with it without reading the word of God for themselves. So to your point is I don't see a color. I really don't, especially when uh, uh, I am before other believers, because in the end, it's the spirit of God that connects each and every one of us. Like you said, um, you have, we are your family. And it is because the spirit that is connecting all of us together. And so it is when we come in um interaction with other people who believe the same thing that we believe because there are a lot of people out there that say they are a Christian but when they go to their homes or other places they do other things but that's between them and their God that's why the Bible says that we must pray for our enemy and we must consistently um, pray for them because of what they do and, and what they believe because that too will be exposed in due time. So if that answers your question, I hope so. Well, Regina, it is up to us to find our way and find the leadership that we need to fight against those 
who continue to use the word that we believe in uh, to our detriment. And so we do realize that that there have always been people who read the scripture in a way that shows a lot more hatred than love. James, um, you're, you're, you're very right on that, very right on that. Um, let me give you an example. Um, I'm, the church that I, my home church, the church that I've been in all of my life, the, the minister who passed um, a number of years ago, um, baptized my mom, married my mom and dad and all of that. Well, when it came time for him to retire, and he retired, we brought in somebody else. Well, we were under his pastorate for 50 years. We brought in somebody else who had a different agenda. And he used the scripture. He called me into his office, and he used the scripture of, um, and I, I'm not exactly sure where it's found, but um, if you if you uh, touch or if you bother the, the least of these, my children, then you've bothered me. And he used that as a way of, of getting rid of the older people in the church whom he saw as not giving the younger people a chance to, um, to operate in the church. And as one of the younger people, we were actually being taught well by the older people, but he wanted them moved out of the way so that um, they couldn't, because they could see through what he was trying to do. So that was an example of using the the scriptures as a way of getting across um, some, some motives that were not honest. After he was... Um, after he was, was I don't want to say put out, but after he left our church, um, I was taught something by him. I appreciated him coming to our church. I appreciated that time that he was there because, as Kathy said, it taught me that I had made a God of that past minister of 50 years. I'd made a God of the man. And I had to learn to look at the cross, not look at who was in the pulpit, but look past the pulpit and look at the cross and see what God was was saying through that man. That man up there is the vessel. So even now, I attend an integrated church. And I felt odd. I never thought to see white people say amen, raise their hands, I thought that was the strangest thing because I thought only black folk could praise God. But once I got into that and saw how genuine and that we were all praising the same God, we were all reading for ourselves, coming to an understanding and and learning from that, that Caucasian man that was before us, then it totally changed my perspective, and it helps me to be able to have conversation with a variety of people about our same God. All right. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back and let everybody have their final word for this evening. 
condolences. My great aunt was 105 years old, um, an educator, um, everything that I would ever want to to, to aspire to be, um, a great woman of faith. And I want everybody to just keep believing and just keep being the wonderful, inspiring people that you are. You all inspire me. And I thank you. I hold on to every word that you guys say. You don't ever know who's watching, who's listening, and who's aspiring to have that faith that you guys have. Thank y'all so much. All right. Your final thoughts for this evening? I was looking uh, in the book of John, John 14, and it talks about the peace. And the Bible says, 
that God will give us the peace, not the peace that the world gives you and say that you're Mm -hmm. supposed to have, but the peace that God gives you, which is within when it doesn't matter what anybody else is saying, anybody else is doing, but God is comforting you during that time and season so that when you come out, you will be perfect. You will be able to go and tell your story as no other, and then you will draw people to the Lord through the peace that God has given you. So my condolences also to you and your family, Regina. I love everybody on here. I am glad to be back, and I thank you, James, for allowing us an opportunity to share our opinion on the topics that you bring forth. Thank you. And remember, we have to pray for our president. Pray for our president. Amen. Amen. All right, Do you want to share some of uh, those notes that you did so uh, eloquently with the public? Regina? No. <laughs> well... They're on my Facebook page. They're on my Facebook page. Kathy, you feel free to share them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My goodness. So many yes, times, y'all. I, I told you when we started this. I am, I am shy. <laughs> All right. Okay, Cheryl, your final thought for this evening? I want to um, totally agree with Regina and um, what Kathy said. And, you know, when we ask for that peace, he can put us through so many things, allow us to see and to witness, to feel, you know, where, to get us to that place where we actually can really find that peace. But not only that peace, but also in a place where we have that relationship with him and knowing that he is there all the time. So we definitely do go through things to get to where he wants us to be. And, you know, again, I always say, you know, that everyone here is showing examples of Christ in their lives. But whatever we do, we can always do better. As always, guys, I want to just continue to thank you for your support. Uh, I want us to continue to work and do what it takes uh, to get our discussions out there so we can get even more and more people on the air to talk about what it is that we're discussing. And just know that I'm always seeking to explore not only my own thoughts, but to explore your thoughts as well uh, so that they can impact my life uh, and the lives of those who are listening. I want everybody to take care, and I look forward to um, seeing you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Remember, we're on seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Call in at 657 383-0309 
so your voice can be heard loud and clear. I look forward to talking to you guys tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, talking about the subjects that are important to us now and in the future. Thank you.